Would you turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100? Psalm 100, the psalmist says this. He says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. It's a very common psalm. It's a psalm that I thought, you know, of, of these days when we we're first entering into this building in a new community, kind of a new, almost like a new era for our church family. I was thinking, what are, what are things, what are things that we need to be reminded of as far as getting us, keeping us maybe, or reminding us of what the right trajectory is? There's so many things that we could talk about, so many things. We could talk about uh, a life of faith, right to do so, the power of the Spirit, right to do so, the authority of God's Word, the empowerment of the Spirit, prayer, evangelism, and on and on and on. We could talk about all those things and be right to do so because there would be the right element of a trajectory that we want to be on concerning the distinctives we have as a local church. But I thought it best to kind of just reset, and amid all the many things we could talk about, to speak of that which is perhaps of primary importance. We certainly do a, a bang-up job complicating the simplicity and joy and wonder of that which we come to on Sunday mornings. What we come to do on Sunday mornings, among, among a number of things, but first and foremost, and overarching all things and undergirding everything, is we come to worship the King of Kings. It, it does not get more complicated than that. We make it more complicated, but, but we come to worship the worthy one, the King of Kings. Now, a lot of Christians think that worship is certainly an important piece of what we do. Matter of fact, they would just like say, well, worship is over and now we're doing something else. We're listening to a sermon or doing whatever. And so we'll get back to worship later. It's actually the whole service is celebrating the King of Kings, worshiping. It's just different ways that we're worshiping, coming to worship the King of Kings. The fact is, and it should go without saying, God cares about how we worship, and we know that because he spends so much time in the Bible telling us how he wants us to worship him. This, this psalm is not so much an exhortation to worship God as it is an exhortation as to how we ought to worship him and the ways in which we ought to worship God. How we worship God matters. How we listen matters. How we sing matters. How we give matters. How we interact with each other matters. How we respond matters. It all matters. And how we worship Him as we enter this new space in the new area of a new city matters to the Lord. That we would be worshiping in a certain way as we gather 
together on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or other times when we meet, but especially Sunday mornings. We call it a celebration gathering, again, for a, for a reason. Now, we really don't know. Dan mentioned, and, and, and let me just give honor to where honor is due. Last week, Kale and I both made the decision uh, for Dan uh, last week on Saturday morning for him to lead uh, the first day when he had a bunch of family in town. And so, Dan, I just want to publicly thank you for the way that you led. And I also want to shame you a little bit for, uh, for saying that this week was going to be this ginormous celebration. So, um, uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be or not. We do have cupcakes later, so it is a little bit better. Anyway, um, we don't know how long it's been since God has rightly been worshipped in this place. We really don't, we really don't know. What we, don't, what we do know is that really the church here had not met for quite a while. And COVID made it difficult. And so to be able to hear you singing, holy, 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 in this place, making much of God is certainly pleasing to the Lord. And crying out, behold him, Jesus, son of God, making much of him, pleasing to the Lord. I want to think together just for a few moments about this psalm and, and consider these things that God speaks to us about. First point that I really just want to make, it's a simple point, that God exhorts us all to worship Him. He exhorts us all to worship Him. The first two verses say, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. God, God, God does not, He is not pleased with us he understands we're dust, right? But he's not pleased with us coming into his presence with half-hearted or absent-mindedness, lack of willingness, a lack of joy, a lack of gladness. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. There's a rejoicing, not just peace, but a rejoicing foundation of what we do or why we do, why we are church. Now, it's obvious that the Lord wants his people to come into his presence, not with, again, a tedious sense of burden, like, do I really have to go worship God? Could, can I just sleep in or watch TV or, or just watch the live stream? But with a sense of, you know, you couldn't keep me away from God's house where his people gather. You could not keep me away to come and to sing, to sing with God's people, to proclaim God as worthy, as much, to speak about him, to celebrate him, and to, to remind ourselves and to celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ and not just kind of come to do church. We come to celebrate. It, it seems that God is saying, I want people here who want to be here more than life itself. And if you're like me, some Sundays... You don't feel that. He, he wants us to come into his presence with gladness, with, with praise, 
come into his courts shouting for joy. There's um, an encouraging thing that Olga does every now and then. And it's just a woo in the service. Or I hear Sam Davis Sr. say, all of you together, whoop, whoop. And there's just this excitement about what God has done. Now, we don't all have to whoo and whoop, whoop, but there is a, there is a joy that wells up within Olga, I think, during worship, and she can't help but say, woo! And I want more of that in my own heart. Coming to his courts, shouting for joy. Something that we are as a church. We gather together to worship the king, to shout for joy. This is not just an extrovert's dream. This is not just an extrovert's passage. This is not just a passage for those of us who enjoy parties and, uh, you know, anticipate all oh, this excitement. This is, this is a call to one who has received mercy. Christians are glad and joyful and sing when they come into the presence of the Lord because they know that the Lord has shown them mercy and grace. And if you truly realize that you've sinned against your holy creator and you realize that you deserve condemnation and you realize that you deserve eternal separation from your creator God, suddenly you realize that God has forgiven you or you remember in the moment, yeah, I've been forgiven and he's actually transforming me into the image of his son by the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot help but be glad about that. To, to, to respond with joy. Maybe it's subdued because of the weight that's around you, but there's, like, there's a joy in it that you have been. Maybe this life stinks on numerous fronts, but your relationship with God is settled because Jesus has paid the price for you. And so when the people of God gather on Sunday morning or other times when we all gather, there's no place in the world you'd rather be. The sons of Korah say it well when they exclaim it this way in Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yeah, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. You see the excitement he could not contain himself. How lovely is your dwelling place. And we've said over and over again, I mean, the author of Hebrews speaks it in particular, but when we gather together, we come into the very courts, into the very presence of the Lord by the blood of Jesus. We, we are no longer in Bellbrook. We, we, we are going to the same place as we did in Bellbrook. When we gather here, we come into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus. We're not trying to somehow get it, you know, like make it, make God come down and, and like, like, just can you please come and just like, please come. We'll, we'll, we'll try to do whatever to, to make you. We're not, we're not trying to do anything. We are by the blood of Jesus coming confidently before the throne. We come into his presence. And how do we come into his presence? With joy, with gladness, with thanksgiving, with celebration. And all of that does not 
diminish the tears that we come with and the longing we come with. But we come longing, don't we? We come longing to the one who is the answer to our problems. He is the one we need. I was just talking with Joy this morning. What both of us need is a sense of the presence of the Lord. We have been given access to the throne room by the blood of Jesus. We don't have to somehow gain the presence of the Lord. We need our eyes opened to see and our hearts softened to feel the presence of the Lord. We're not having to try to woo God to love us. The Father loves us. The Father wants to reveal himself to us. The Spirit wants to reveal the Son to us. He wants us to know him and to feel him and to enjoy him. And so that's why we gather on Sunday. We come broken. We come weary. We come confused. We come all those ways. When we come, I think, the sons of Korah and myself and David and many of you, we come a-running Sunday morning because we need to see Jesus. We need to know his presence and we want to celebrate. We, we know that he's worthy of our celebration. We know he's worthy of our praise and our adoration. And so we come because we believe that Sunday mornings as the church gathers, we come together before his presence and there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a sweet incense rising up from us to the Lord and receiving a sense of his nearness to us. Friends, if we gather here on Sunday mornings to celebrate the goodness and greatness of God, our hearts and minds must grow to echo the psalmist. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, just want to ask, is that how you feel about the Sunday morning gathering? Sometimes, right? Other times, not so much. And let me just give you a couple of options that are there, and I don't know that these are all the options, but it, it could be that if you come and there's no delight for you in worship, if there's no desire in you to be with God's people and to meet with Him in worship, then, then it is a sure sign that something's not right. So, something, something's askew. It, it may be that you're going through a trial that's so deep and burdensome that it's left you almost without joy and without hope in this world. And so it's very hard for you to come into the presence of the Lord with joy and gladness in your heart because you've just, frankly, been beat up over and over and over again during the week, maybe even that Sunday morning. But I think about even Job saying, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I think about the Lord being worthy to be worshipped with gladness and joy amid even the darkest of nights, as difficult as it is, but to come Joy and gladness and thanksgiving comes not always with shouts of celebration, but cries of adoration, cries of dependence. When on account of the gospel of Jesus, our lives are hidden with Christ in God. We know that the gospel tells us this, so even if I don't feel anything in that moment, the truth of the matter is my hope is not in my ability to muster up emotion. My hope is in Christ alone, 
for the forgiveness of my sins. So hidden with Christ in God, we are reminding each other on Sunday mornings, no matter how we feel, that our lives are hidden in Christ, safe and secure forever, and there is much to celebrate even when the darkest of days is among us. If everything is against us, if it seems as though everyone is against us, you know who is for you? God is for you. And if he is for you, who can be against you? Lots of people, lots of things. But in comparison, blessed be the name of the Lord. Perhaps it could be that you come treasuring some sin in your life. And if you're honest with yourself, you just frankly love that sin more than you love God. And Jesus said uh, clearly that you cannot serve two masters. You'll hate the one Love the other, or the other way around. You can't, you can't love both things. You can't serve God in your sin. And it may be well that you are treasuring that sin, even if you're a believer today, and it's ruthlessly robbed you of the joy that you ought to have in God. And so the response to that is, is not condemnation. There is no, there, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but there is conviction. And there is a sense of saying, man, that is true. My eyes have been on other things and the glory of God is just less than the glory of that other thing that I long for. The one thing to do is repent, believe the gospel, turn to Christ, trust him, surrender to him. It may be that the reason you have no delight in gathering with the people of God for worship is that really honestly you've never tasted God's grace. And so there's nothing deep in your heart to be excited about because you really don't personally have any sense of the mercy of God in you. And if that's where you are today, then the first thing for you to consider is your need to respond to the gospel of God by acknowledging that you've sinned against your creator, the one whom you exist and have your being, the one whom you are to enjoy forever. Um. Turn from your sin. Trust in Jesus as your Savior. Respond to him in joy for the forgiveness that he's given to you at the cost of his own shed blood. There was, there was a time in, in uh, our life as a family when I left ministry in Iowa. We had been there for 13 years, and we left to go up to Minneapolis to be part of Sovereign Grace. And you guys, many of you know the story. But during that period of time, it was very, it was very difficult. It was about a year and a half long-ish, something like that. And... Um, you know, money was not plentiful. Uh, we were away from people that we had, we had loved for 13 years. And we, we were in a, went from a small town to a big city like Minneapolis to where, like, there's just, like, relationally, it's it just there, there weren't a lot of relationships there. We felt very anonymous. Um, and we were dealing with our own crud also. But, this, like, all of that um, led to such a, such a desire to be at worship, at celebration, gathering on Sunday mornings. We were in a place, first time ever, and again, pastor for 13 years, first time ever, after the 13 years of being a pastor, when I finally enjoyed going to church. And it was like, it's not like I didn't enjoy it to whatever extent, but it's like there was something changed. I, both Joy and I, we, we would not go, we didn't have any money to go on vacation anyway, but, but we, we did not want to go anywhere. We just wanted to be 
at the celebration gathering. We wanted to be taught. We wanted to sing songs. It was life to us. Week after week after week, and we just wanted to go to the house of the Lord. Do you know something of that? It's a very good and appropriate question to ask yourself if you're here on Sunday morning and whether you're glad to be here or not. Are you, are you joyful to come and to be here? Do you want to be here? Do you delight in being here? And if your answer is, well, well honestly, no, then, then you just need to do some hard exploration. I'm not saying you're the worst sinner in the world. I'm just saying something's not right. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I think that what the Lord would say, Psalm 139, is, Lord, search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Is there anything going, what's going on? Why is it that I don't care about coming to the house of the Lord to, to worship you? You are worthy. Each of us have unique temptations on Sundays, to be sure. Uh, I mean, young moms uh, and, young, and young dads, difficulties. But, but listen, is your specific struggle the trump card to the Lord's clear intent and desire to come into worship, to do so with joy and gladness and willingness. It, 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 uh, we, we understand, the Lord certainly understands your situation, your specific, unique difficulty, or your circumstances in life with the sadness or discouragement. But is it not true, nonetheless, that He is the Lord of your circumstances, and you have come to worship the King, with joy and gladness. When we're worshiping, we are making clear that we want to be with Him. We're glad to be with Him. We're joyful in our hearts because we're with Him and He's with us. And really, that's the first thing that the Lord exhorts us to this morning. And I think that that's the spot where I'm going to stop. There's, there's more to it, much more to this psalm. The Lord is worthy because He is good. He's faithful. The rest of the psalm speaks of that. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So we give thanks to him. Specifically, what do we give thanks to him in? We give thanks to him as we did the Lord's Supper already, and we will again in just a few moments. But we give thanks to him because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still his enemies, Christ died for us. And, and not just Christ apart from the Father. It was the Father, Son, and Spirit's plan from eternity past to dwell among a people whom he would redeem with his own Son's own blood. This was the Father's plan. This was the Son's plan. This was the Spirit's plan. And so we come to celebrate his steadfast love endures forever. Do, do you feel that? Do you feel his steadfast love enduring forever? Do you know that his love endures forever towards you? Well, that's, he's worthy of our worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2 speak, or 12, 1 in particular, speaks about um, living a life of sacrifice, living a life of worship, serving the Lord. There's a serving the Lord with gladness, a giving your life, a surrendering to Him. And when we come on a Sunday morning, it's not as though we don't do that throughout the week. As a matter of fact, if we're not worshiping the Lord throughout the week, there's a good chance Sunday morning is going to be pretty rough. 
we, we, we can't live one way six days a week and then come and expect a whole ton on Sunday mornings, although the Lord is very merciful. He's so gracious. But friends, who we are as a church, we could, we could go down a list of our distinctives. We could go through membership class again and think about all the things that we've just committed ourselves to again. But when it comes right down to it, we exist to glorify God, to worship Him, to worship Him with our tongues, to worship Him with our hands, to worship Him with our minds, to worship Him with our hearts, to worship Him with sacrificial generosity, to worship Him in every single way. But it's about, we exist for the glory of God, not for ourselves. We exist for Him, to worship Him. And guess, guess who the benefactors are? We're the benefactors. We come to express our thanksgiving. We come to praise and honor Him. And He pours out a sense of His presence on us and fills us with joy unspeakable. And when He doesn't seem to do that, we continue to press in. We continue to go to Him because where else can we go? Where else can we go? We come. It's not just, not just here, right? Two weeks ago I talked about Psalm 150, and it's not just, a, it's not just a, in a certain location, but there is something uniquely special about us when we gather together as the body of believers here at Sovereign Grace Church Dayton, we gather together to celebrate. We gather together to enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We, we enter to give thanks to him. We get, enter to bless his name. And we do this because the Lord is good, because we know he's good. We know he's good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Do you know the Lord is steadfast? Do you know the Lord's love is steadfast? Do you know that he is faithful? Do you know that he will never alter his love towards you? Do you know that he who called you is faithful? Do you know that he who started a work in you, do you know, are you convinced that he will complete it even though today stinks? Today feels rough. The Lord will complete the work. Do you know that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you? Do you know that if you ask for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, he is not going to give you a scorpion, but he's going to fill you afresh with the Spirit. Certainty of his affection for you. Certainty of his empowerment to be able to know that he is for you and not against you. To know without a shadow of a doubt that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And when the Spirit opens our eyes to see that he is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations, well, we come, we come singing. We come singing. And we come to rejoice. We come to enjoy. We come to give thanks. We come to celebrate. 
And so today we have, you know, um, cupcakes to celebrate. But we don't need cupcakes to celebrate. What we have is we have the Creator loving us, pouring out His grace on us. And that's worth every, it's worth more than any cupcake that Rachel can make.